we're still talking about the 12 guys that were connected to this man. Like we know all of their names. We know even more so than the 12, we know other disciples that all they did was follow after Jesus. And he gave up all of that, the miracles he missed out on. I mean, I just think about it. He, he could have been there when the 5,000 were fed. Like he could have been there when these miracles were taking place, when Jesus walked on water. And yet he missed out on all that because he just wasn't, he wasn't able to pass that do test. He was able to pass the don't test, but the extra bit that Jesus was requiring of him, he wasn't able to do. He wasn't able to take that step of faith. Welcome to the Hacka Podcast. My name is Greg Hackathorn, and today is a big day in the history of the podcast. I've been talking about it, I guess, since the end of last year when we did our recap and the thank you message. We talked about getting a co-host because we want to start doing a bit of video. Also, always wanted a co-host, but just didn't really have the capacity to do it. And we finally got the equipment we need. We got the additional mics. And so I'm um, excited to announce to you guys that the new co-host for the podcast is Stefan Morris. Say hello, bro. Hey everyone. Uh, well, first of all, thank you for that introduction. Uh, I'm looking forward to the name change of this podcast. It'll be great. Um, Day one, yeah. taking over. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, man, I'm glad. I'm glad to be here. Uh, can't wait to to get you know these 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 recordings done and and yeah. Yeah, it's exciting to have you on, on board. He's going to be doing a lot of the producing of it, especially when we're live with with guests. He'll be the one looking after the sound, the dials, and all of that, making us sound good. But it's it'll be good to have his perspective as well on the show. So it's not just me talking to you all, but you can hear you know someone else, someone else's point of view. And as you've noticed, it's two American accents. Stefan is my brother-in-law. He married into the family, the Gretsch family. Apparently, the Gretsch sisters, you know, they thought they couldn't find anyone in in Australia, so they had to go over to America to Half, get their spouses. Halfway around the world, right? That's right. As far as he could. So we got two Americans hosting a podcast based out of Australia. But hey, I am actually an Australian citizen, so I will claim that. He's not there yet. He's still got a few more years before he can do that. No, no, but it's it's great. You know, I get to pay American taxes <laughs> for the rest of my life yeah, me in too. Australia. <laughs> <laughs> Uncle Sam follows you wherever you go. <laughs> Well, uh, yeah, I'm excited for this, and uh, I'm excited for you guys to get to know him a bit more as you've become f- familiar with me over the last nine or so months. But before we get into what we want to talk about today, I wanted to read a five-star review. We thank you guys for continuing to send those in, rating and reviewing the show. Uh, as you know, it does help us. It helps new people discover the podcast, and it was, it's been great seeing some of the countries where different people are listening, um, but still only have reviews in a few countries, so it'd be great those who are listening in, say, Singapore, if you drop us a review, uh, not to call you out, you know, but, uh, or uh, we had one in Fiji, so it's cool, but this one is out of Australia, and it says, great content, Greg, love the diversity of guests you have and hearing their stories. The range of topics discussed gives insight into a vast scope of life as an apostolic in the 21st century. Keep up the great work. And that is from JG8464. Shout so, out to AG. <laughs> thank you, JG, for that review. 
that kind review, leaving it for us. And so we want to encourage you guys to, you know, connect with the show, connect with us online, and uh, yeah, drop us a review. We we love to see them. We read them. And now that we have a co-host, I'm sure he would like to be involved in some of these reviews. All right. Well, today we're going to be talking about a paradigm shift that we must all experience. If we want to accomplish all that God has for us, we have to have this change in our mindset. And I want to bring out this concept by looking at the story of the rich young ruler. Now, the story of the rich young ruler is found in Matthew, Luke. It's also found in Mark. And Mark is, is the one that I want to look at today, Mark chapter 10, because I like how Mark better describes the scene of his interaction with Jesus. If you read it in Matthew and Luke, it's kind of talks about this guy comes up and starts talking to Jesus. But Mark actually describes the scene. So, Stefan, if you'd read for us Mark chapter 10, verses 17 to 20. Yeah, absolutely. And this is from the uh, uh, NASB version. It goes, as he was setting out on a journey, a man ran up to him and knelt before him and asked him, good teacher, what shall I do that I may inherit eternal life? But Jesus said to him, why do you call me good? No one, no one is good except God alone. You know the commandments. Do not murder. Do not commit adultery. Do not steal. Do not give false testimony. Do not defraud. Honor your mother and father. And he said to him, Teacher, I've kept all these things from my youth. So you see this scene. Look, if you, if you have a look at it, Jesus is about to head out on a journey. He's about to leave. It's like, you know, he's, he's going on this journey. He's about to go out for a walk. And a man runs up to him. So you see, like, there, there's this urgency that is taking place with this young man. And he runs up to Jesus. And we've labeled him the rich young ruler. Obviously, Jesus didn't call him the rich young ruler. <laughs> neither did the Bible. But it's... Uh, that's his Instagram handle. That's his Instagram handle, yeah. <laughs> and so he kneels before Jesus. And it's very dramatic. You know, he runs up to him. He stops him. He kneels before him. And he asks him... The most important question that he could think of, this, this young ruler, he thinks of the most impressive, the most important question that he could think of, and he says, good teacher, what do I need to do to inherit eternal life? What do I need to do to inherit eternal life? Is that not the most important question? Yeah, I think that's what we all do, right? That's, like, that's, what we, that's why we go to church, like, we want, you know, our salvation, absolutely, like, it's why we do what we do. Yeah, absolutely. It's why we go to church. You know, we, we want to know what is it that we need to do to inherit eternal life. We live this life, but we have like an, we have an eternal view. Right. right. It's not just about the here and now, but we're thinking about, okay, what happens at the end of it? And, and that kind of ties in the question, you know, um, why am I here? You know, what yeah. is the purpose in life? Those sorts of things. And That's it's good. kind of like along those lines, this question, what do I need to do? What is it? What are the things that I need to do to make sure that my life here counts, but then it also is extended? Absolutely. Absolutely. So Jesus responds with a question. He listens to his question, and it's, it's interesting. He, he responds to the young man's question by saying, Why do you call me good? No one is good except God alone. And you'll notice this a lot with Jesus when he interacts with people and they ask him a question. He doesn't answer their question straight away, but he tends to <laughs> respond with a question. And I, I've, I've kind of like used that tactic when people ask me like these existential questions yeah. or these really difficult questions. 
you know, talk to someone who may not believe in God or is struggling with their faith. Especially with your kids, you know? Oh, you of course. <laughs> Especially with the kids. They ask me a question. He's like, well, why do you think you need that? <laughs> <laughs> I need a pony. Well, why? <laughs> but, you know, Jesus is saying, why do you call me good? You know, if it, why are you saying that I'm good? And then he says, no one is good except God alone. So Jesus, he doesn't always just answer the question straight away, but he responds with a question. I, I believe that's because he's, he's trying to get to motive, typically. Right. When he responds to that question, the answer to those questions tend to reveal the motive. I know he doesn't really give him the opportunity to respond here. He kind of goes straight into it, and we're going to look at that. But I, I think that's important. And I think it's also important when we have conversations with people, if they ask us a question, we're not obligated to answer them straight away. But we can actually pose them a question because I think it sometimes helps you get to the motives of the person, the reason why they're asking that question. Yeah, absolutely. I feel like a lot of the times when, you know, we ask that initial question, it might not even be the question we're trying to ask. So posing that question definitely provides that clarification. Absolutely. Yeah. So Jesus responds with the question, you know, why are you calling me good? Don't you know there's no good, no one good except for God. So I think he's actually trying to equate himself. You know, he's God manifest in the flesh so he's sort of equating himself there he's like you're calling me good obviously you understand who i am right then he starts listing off portions of the ten commandments if you know the ten commandments you'll recognize straight away what he's doing and and what he is listing off here and he goes through a list he says do not murder do not commit adultery do not steal do not give false testimony do not defraud honor your father and your mother which is another way of saying, do not disrespect your parents. So you see, Jesus, he just lists a bunch of don'ts. Don't do this. Don't do that. Every Jew knew that they needed to follow these commandments, right? Every Jew knew that they needed to follow these Ten Commandments, that these were actions that they had to refrain from if they were going to please God. They knew this from the beginning. This was elementary. You know, this is basic stuff, entry-level stuff. And this man had, remember, this man's rushed to meet Jesus. Like, Jesus is trying to leave town. He finds out. He rushes over there, creates this whole scene, kneels down before the master, kneels mm. down before Jesus, is waiting for this incredible wisdom that's going to come from God. And this is the response that Jesus gives to this great existential question that he's posed to him. You can imagine how he's feeling. He's probably not impressed. Would would you be impressed if, if that was the answer you got from, like, from that, that question? That all? <laughs> is that all? Like, really? Like, okay, I'm glad I sprinted over here and made myself look like an idiot so you could give me this answer. Even his response, it sounds like it's like, but I've been I've kept these from my youth. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. I've kept these from my youth. And, and think about the question. So if you think about the question, it says, what do I need to... Do. Right. What do I need to do to inherit eternal life? And all Jesus does is list a bunch of don'ts. Right. He goes, what do I need to do? What is the action that I need to take? And Jesus says, hey, don't do this. Don't do that. Don't do this. And you, you mentioned it just there. He, he responds. He goes, I've been keeping this since I was a young pup, you know, <laughs> since I was a kid. I've been following these commandments. And, he, and he's heard them his whole life. I never committed murder. that's a pretty easy one not to do i would imagine (laughs) and you know 
obviously he's tried his best since from right. his youth to to follow these basic commandments. And we criticize the rich young ruler. I mean, how many sermons have we heard where he just gets roasted? Yeah, I think it's uh, on par with uh, the doubting Thomas. Doubting Thomas. <laughs> yeah, poor Thomas. He's, he's one of the 12. Right. You know, the, the man goes into India, establishes the church in India, does all this incredible work, gets murdered by barbarians right. over there. And all he's known for the centuries is doubting Thomas. His one moment. It's like, bruh, like imagine what how you would be feeling. This yeah, guy yeah, yeah, yeah. dies, is murdered on a cross. And you just don't believe straight away that he's risen from the dead because no one has ever <laughs> risen from the dead. Yeah, yeah. The poor man's called Doubting Thomas, right? So that we give this guy a bad rap. He's the rich young ruler. That's the next podcast. Yeah. <laughs> the next podcast about Timothy. Yeah, it might be a pretty... Oh, not Timothy. About uh, Thomas. Thomas. Yeah. That might be a good one, yeah. So he talks about the rich young ruler and... And we criticize him. We don't acknowledge that he actually did keep the law. You know, right. he, he was following the law. He was following these commandments. And he had a desire for God. He had a desire for Jesus. He wanted to learn from Jesus. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, you said it like he ran to, you know, he ran to him. Yeah. I mean, he, he ran and he, he wanted to make sure that he interacted with the Messiah. He was doing his best. He wanted to do what was right. And Mark writes this. He says, Looking at the man, Jesus felt genuine love for him. Mm. I love how Mark writes that, you know. Looking at him, looking at the posture he was in, looking at the response that he had given, Jesus felt genuine love for him. And because of that love, because of his love for this, this man, he decides to take the man deeper. And you see, through the questioning, through asking him the question, trying to get at his motives, and then going through the do nots. He's just trying to see where this guy is at. Right. And after his response to his do nots, he's like, okay, well, I think I should take him deeper. And he moves <laughs> past the don'ts. Right, right, right. He moves past the don'ts. And he moves past the law. He moves past the Ten Commandments. And he goes into something greater. And he gives him the answer to his actual question. He gives him the actual, he, he could have gone through a parable like he did with a lot of other people. And uh, especially when it came to people who were disingenuous <laughs> with their questions, you know, <laughs> like the Pharisees and, and the scribes, they'd ask him questions and he would just tell them a random story. Imagine that, yeah. you know, <laughs> you ask this guy who's supposedly, uh, you know, God in flesh, you're asking him this question and he just responds with a random <laughs> parable. But he doesn't do that. He doesn't he doesn't do a parable. He decides to actually answer the man's question. And so he says, he says, Go, sell all your possessions, give the money to the poor, and you will have treasure in heaven. Yeah. Then come follow me. Go and sell all your possessions, give money to the poor. So look at this list. He says, Go. Yep. He says, sell all your possessions. He says, give the money to the poor. And he says, come and follow me. What are all of those? Yeah, they're a list of dues. It's a bunch of dues. Yeah. What do I need to do to inherit eternal life? And Jesus gives him the list. Right. He's like, hey, if you want to inherit eternal life, if you want to go deeper, if you want to do more, then you need to go. You need to sell your possessions. Give the money to the poor. Come and follow me. And, and I, like, I like how, you know, it, you know, just going over that again, right? Like Jesus 
first answered him in a way that's just like, are you sure you want this? Oh, yeah. Right? True. Like, you know, it's it's just like, all right, I'll give you the basics. Mm. You know, I know you what you asked, but I'll give you the basics. Yeah. And then he asks for more. You know, yeah. it's it's exactly. Yeah. He starts out with the basics. Yeah. He says, OK, yeah, you want you want to inherit eternal life if that's all you want. Right. This is what you don't need to do. Just make sure that you're not not doing those things and, and you love me and you'll be fine. And and the guy, the guy goes, he's like, no, I need more than that. And Jesus <laughs> okay. like, are you sure that you want more than that? <laughs> and he, he decides to take him deeper. Although, uh, I wonder what parable that would have been. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. It would have been interesting to see what it, maybe the, what's the one where he, he tells people to sell everything they have and buy that yeah. land and, yeah. and find the pearl of great price. You know, he, he did tell, I guess, some that might connect to that. But he moved beyond the don'ts. And he moved to a territory of action. This was now something that he was going to require uh, of this guy. He pushed past the law, as I said, and now he's talking about the things of the Spirit. I love that. Yeah. Past the law, and now he's encouraging this guy to be led by the Spirit, to, to take steps to allow the Spirit to operate in his life. The kind of sacrifice that requires true, genuine faith. Right. Uh, this is a rich guy. Think about that. And he's telling him to sell what he has. And he's young, too. True. So he's got his whole life ahead of him. Exactly. And and who knows how much he could build up his wealth. And so he tells him to have this sacrifice. And the reason he wants him to make this sacrifice is so that he would have to trust in him. See, Jesus is interested in your faith. He is interested in your faith. He wants you to trust in him. And so for some people, it might be wealth. For some people, it, it, it might be something else that you're hanging on to, that you're putting your trust, your faith in, uh, as opposed to Jesus. But I think Jesus was sort of kind of needling him a little bit and said, hey, you're putting your faith and your trust in this wealth. Yeah. And if you want to go deeper, you got to separate yourself from that and start putting your faith and your trust in me. So, and I think that's important that we highlight that, that Jesus isn't going to ask every single one of us to sell everything that we have to follow him. He doesn't. He doesn't require everyone to do that. Right. But he does of this guy, and there's a reason for that. And we see, I guess, kind of the reasoning, because we see his response. Right. We see the rich young ruler's response. It's found in verse 22. He was deeply dismayed. <laughs> have you ever been deeply dismayed? I mean, uh, maybe once or twice in, in yeah. my life I've been... What is that deeply dismayed? I mean, the New Living Translation says his face fell. Like he was, I mean, because in the AFC Championship game, when yeah, the yeah. Chiefs blew that lead and oh, lost yeah, to the you're Bengals, I was deeply dismayed. Yeah, it yeah, took that a while. Was, that was pretty rough. Unfortunately yeah. for you, you were in the house when that happened. Yeah, I, I, couldn't, I couldn't see my first Super Bowl in Australia <laughs> because of that. He had, to, he had to try and pick up the pieces. Uh, after that happened you know his face fell he was deeply dismayed he did not like the answer i guess you could say i was deeply dismayed myself when i you know the the super bowl party was off (laughs) Uh, yeah i was a bit of a i was not interested in the results of that after my my chiefs were out of it but so his face fell this guy he was deeply dismayed by this response and then the bible says that he went away grieving like, this guy was really upset yeah. about the answer. And it's because, <laughs> Jesus says it's because, the Bible says, it's because he 
was one who owed a lot, owned, sorry, not owed, owned much property. He owned much property. He was a wealthy man. And what Jesus was asking him to do was a lot. And I like how Bishop Floyd Odom put it. I was listening to a podcast, and this is kind of where this idea was sparked. He, he talked about this for a little bit. And he said that the rich young ruler, he passed the don't test, mm. but he failed the do test. Wow. He passed the don't test. He passed the test of don't do this, don't do that, but he failed the do test. Yeah, I love that. Yeah, that it's is, so good. That's good. And often, often we are able to pass the don't test, you know, like don't do this, don't do that. We, we can do that. It's yeah. not, it's not too difficult for us to pass that test. <laughs> like you said earlier, murder. Hey, I didn't do that. Yeah, I passed that. I that passed was that. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Honor your parents. That, that some, for some people yeah. that might be kind of hard, but for others, you know, it's pretty, pretty easy. Don't go there. Don't right. say that, you know, we can, we can follow these things, but many of us failed to pass the do test when when God is requ- requiring for us to go deeper. God's not asking us merely to abstain from things, right. to just not do something, but he wants us to go deeper. He actually wants us to move beyond following the rules and start following after the Spirit. That's the do test. And I think if, if it also states that when we do X, what, do, what else does we have to do? God, what do you want from us? Mm. He will answer. Yeah. You know, he will answer. He will, he will, especially if you ask that question. Especially when you ask that. And many of us have done that at altars as, as young people. God, yeah. I'll go wherever you want to do, want me to go. I'll do whatever you want me to do. Yeah. Somehow I landed here in Australia. <laughs> exactly. That's right. Same here, man. But, you know, we ask these, we ask these questions. What do we want to, what do you want me to do, Lord? Yeah. Where do you want me to go? Right. What do you want me to sacrifice? How much do you want me to give? These are all dues. And, you know, I, I find it interesting that young people love to find out about how to follow the will of God. And not just young people, all of us, you know. We, we're all interested in following the will of God and doing what God wants us to do. And oftentimes that is having to pass the due test, having to do something for the Lord. He could only think about all the things he would have to give up. The rich young ruler, when he considered, when he considered the question, when he considered the response that Jesus gave him, all he could think about is the stuff that he had to give up. Mm. Think about that. So he was dismayed. He was sorrowful. Yeah. He went away grieving because all he could think about was what he would have to give up to follow Jesus. And this occurred to me when I was thinking about this subject, you know, the don't list, the do list, when I was considering what Jesus was challenging this guy to do, it really kind of struck me. It's like he thought about everything that he would have to give up, but he didn't actually think about what he was going to miss out on by not doing. Just think about like the historical context of what's going on here. Like this guy said no to following after the most famous man to ever live. He's just thinking about it from a historical perspective. Like we're still talking about the 12 guys that were connected to this man. Like we know all of their names. We know 
even more so than the 12, we know other disciples that all they did was follow after Jesus. And he gave up all of that, the miracles he missed out on, all the incredible things that Jesus did. He completely missed out on them because all he could think about is what he would have to give up instead of what he was going to gain by doing what Jesus told him to do. I mean, I just think about it. He, he could have been there when the 5,000 were fed. Like, he could have been there when these miracles were taking place, when Jesus walked on water. And yet he missed out on all that because he just wasn't, he wasn't able to pass that do test. He was able to pass the don't test, but the extra bit that Jesus was requiring of him, he wasn't able to do. He wasn't able to take that step of faith, you know? and trust God and not trust in the things that he had already attained. But he would have to trust in Jesus. He would have to put his full faith in Jesus. Uh, to me, that's just that's mind-blowing when you actually think about it. It's like, and, and he didn't think about all of that. In, 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 no, I don't think he wanted, like, he, his focus wasn't on what he could obtain. Right. Only of what he can lose. And that, that's the only thing that I can personally think about what was going through his mind mm. uh, and, and unfortunately that was not written about and he never shared it afterwards right but, yep. you know that's the that's the what we you know think because that's what if we were in his shoes that's something that we can emp- like empathize with right? yeah yeah that's what we, yeah we can kind of infer that but yeah we don't know what he was actually thinking but at the end of the day like he made that decision and it impacted his future it impacted him forever and I just want to bring that home to us. You know, it, it's it's great that we talk about the rich young ruler and what he did and what he could have done and the questions he asked and all of that. But what does all this mean for us? Well, I guess what I'm trying to say, or what we're trying to say here today is instead of dwelling on what you will have to sacrifice mm-hmm. in order to pass the due test, think about what you will miss out on by not doing it. Like, honestly, think about it. Think about what you will miss out on by not doing that thing that God is challenging you to do, that God is wanting you to do. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Wow. I mean, there's so many lives that we could impact if we would just say yes to this test that God is giving us. If we will sell, if we will go, if we will give, you know, there's so many stories that we would be able to tell. And all you have to do is think about some of the great people in, in the history of Pentecost. You know, what if G.A. Mangan didn't pack up everything he owned and moved to Alexandria, Louisiana? You would have never heard of the Pentecostals of Alexandria. You probably would have never heard of because of the times. What if Glenn Bogue, you know, the missionary that came out to Australia from the United States, and he came out, while he is already pastoring a thriving church in Indiana, he gave all of that, he gave all that up and came out to Australia. What if he wasn't willing to make that sacrifice? You know, yeah. what if Bishop Downs said no to Brother Schism? We talked about this on the podcast with Bishop's, Bishop Downs. Brother Schism asked him to go to Mizoram, and you know he didn't really want to go. He, t- he actually talked about that. He said he didn't actually want to go, yeah. but if he would have said no to that we wouldn't have the orphanage in Mizoram. We wouldn't have the hundreds and thousands of people impacted by that. What if 
Sister Bilette, what if she remained in Australia instead of going back to Jayapura, going back to Indo- Indonesia after her husband died on the mission field? Like, think about all the stories that we have heard on this podcast. Yeah. They wouldn't exist and if people didn't pass the do test. Absolutely. And, and their impact on others going forward in generations and generations. It's immeasurable. You know, we, yeah, you can't. Yeah, it's like when you start to think about it, it's kind of mind-blowing. But like that's what I really want us to take home from this is think about what you will miss out on if you don't do what God wants you to do. Instead of thinking about the sacrifice, we tend to think on the negative, just like the rich young ruler did that. You know, when he thought on the negative, it caused him to stop and not do what God... He had all this passion. He had all this desire. He wanted to hear from Jesus. Jesus gave him a word, and he couldn't do it because all he could think about is what he was giving up. He, Like, he actually, in the end, sacrificed more. Yeah. He sacrificed more by not doing what Jesus asked him to do. That's a, that's a good perspective. Yeah. Yeah. Like, if he would have just done what Jesus asked him to do, his whole life would have been completely different. And in an eternal view because if you think about it his his thing was all about the here and the now the material the wealth the riches the property and all that which is great you know if you have that that's great but if you think back to his question his question was about eternity Mm. his question was about eternal life and because he said no because he refused to make that sacrifice it in it in the end would impact the eternity of other people as well maybe he was born again he was saved that's awesome but how much more could he have accomplished if he would have been part of these disciples and following after jesus i just i don't know that's that's thinking about that you know it really kind of yeah like it it really sort of inspires me and makes me think more deeply about what god wants me to do as opposed to just thinking about the challenges or the obstacles what am I saying no to when I say no? So I guess my challenge to you all, those who are listening to the podcast, is to say yes to the call of God. Don't just pass the don't test, but pass the do test. When he asks you to do something, when God requires a little bit more out of you, when he wants you to take that step of faith, when he wants you to talk to that person that he has nudged you to talk to, or he wants you to give that gift that, might be a little bit beyond what what you can currently handle. When he asked you to go on a missions trip or move to another city to start a work, no matter the amount of sacrifice, do it. Because we'll never be able to measure, as we said earlier, the amount of lives that we could impact, the amount of lives that could be changed, that could be completely transformed by God, because we were willing to go, we were willing to do, we were willing to sell, we were willing to give. Pass the do test. And I want to finish our time together today with this quote from Theodore Roosevelt. It's one of my favorite, and many of you would have already heard it, but I just wanted to share it real quick as we finish up here today. President Roosevelt, he said, it is not the critic who counts not the man who points out how the strong man stumbles or where the doer of deeds could have done them better. 
The credit belongs to the man who is actually in the arena, whose face is marred by dust and sweat and blood, who strives valiantly, who errs, who comes short again and again because there is no effort without error and shortcoming, but who does actually strive to do the deeds, who knows great enthusiasms, the great devotions, who spends himself in a worthy cause, who at the best knows in the end the triumph of high achievement, and who at the worst, if he fails, at least fails while daring greatly, so that his place shall never be with those cold and timid souls who neither know victory nor defeat. Pass the due test. Do what Jesus requires of you to do.